Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Chris. We're glad you're here. Here's your host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Good morning. My name is Chris Atkinson and I'm the pastor of Pinewoods Chapel and you have stumbled across Coffee with Chris. So if you want to grab a coffee and sit down, uh, we're going to be talking about some theological things in the church. And uh, over the last uh, month or so, we've been talking about the Antichrist. And the world that we live in right now is in great chaos in many ways. And so answering these questions about what does the Bible actually say about the end of the time here on earth and just examining that. And so part of that, we've been talking about the Antichrist. And uh, there's been a number of videos that have been produced that you could uh, watch or you can share with your friends about all of these uh, end time things. So today we are going to be talking about the phrase, the day of the Lord. And uh, it is used multiple times in scriptures and it it speaks a lot to the return of Christ. Uh, but we're going to dive into that today because it's connected to the Antichrist. So as we go along, uh, if you've got some questions, just put them Put them out there, put them on the screen, type them in, and we'll answer them. And uh, if you are watching this after the live uh, stream, then still put them in. We'll, we'll see them, and we'll try and get them answered for you. And uh, that way, uh, it can be an interactive session together. So uh, today, as I said, we're going to be talking about this phrase, the day of the Lord. And it is a uh, very important subject. It's a very important phrase uh, throughout uh, scripture. And so there's eight prophets in the Old Testament that specifically use the phrase, the day of the Lord. There's three writers in the New Testament that also use this phrase, the day of the Lord. So what's important to note sort of right off the bat about the phrase, the day of the Lord, is that it carries from the Old Testament all the way through into the New Testament. And so as Jesus is teaching his disciples, as the apostles are teaching the early church, this concept of the day of the Lord is something that is carried forward from the Old Testament. Now, in the context of the Old Testament, there's a number of places where the scriptures talk about the day of the Lord. And Specifically, as I've already mentioned, there's eight Old Testament prophets who spend a lot of time and dedicate a lot of passages of prophecy uh, for this phrase, Day of the Lord. So, hey, good morning, Shirley. Uh, So when we start thinking about the phrase, I'm just going to break it down a a little bit to to help us understand. Um, There's a lot of opinions out there on scholars. Hey, good morning, Linda. Uh, there's a lot of opinions uh, on from scholars and all that kind of stuff about uh, what this phrase, the day of the Lord, actually means. So, uh, in scripture, a day is considered to be 24 hours. So, in the creation story in Genesis, we see that a day, evening, morning, and nighttime, daytime, nighttime is a day. Um, in the Jewish calendar, we understand that a day lasted from 6 p.m. dusk 
to the next the 6 p.m. dusk, okay? So uh, it was night first and then daytime. So this, this picture of a day is often used in scripture in multiple different places. Now, some people would say that it's not specifically 24 hours. Uh, they would say that it refers to a period of time. Um, I would be one to say that it's, it leans more towards a literal interpretation of a day, meaning 24 hours as we understand a day. And remember, Genesis, time of the Israelites, New Testament times, it was 24 hours, okay? Uh, all of this, the sun coming up and the sun going down rotated the same way as it does today. So this, this idea that it is more than a day is, is I don't think there's a lot of uh, biblical evidence for that. I think, now there are some scholars that lean towards that way. There are some scholars that lean towards just a literal 24 hours of a day. So, and I would think of it very much as a literal 24 hours. Now, we're going to look at a number of scriptures uh, to, as we start to unpack the meaning of the day of the Lord. Um, but as we just look at the initial phrase and saying where it is in scripture and, and just talking about uh, how it's used and what its meaning is should give us a little bit of a, a starting place to get started with this. So, Let, let's just first look at, we're going to go to a, a number of passages today and hopefully they'll get typed up on the screen and that'll be great. Uh, but the first one you can turn over to is Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 and we're going to go to verse 2. And I've got uh, seven things that we need to know about the day of the Lord. And so we're going to talk about these seven things about the day of the Lord. So the first one is this, that the day of the Lord is near. Now, over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, and we've been started, we've sort of started in this passage every week as we've been going, because this is the, the, the passage about the end times that we sort of springboard off of for all these other places. Um, it says, verse 1 says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, and this is verse 2, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or by a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So here, here we see that this is the sort of the beginning place that we're using today to, to springboard off into these other places in scripture that talk about this day of the Lord. So right here, it's very obvious that uh, as Paul is writing this, he's saying, let no one confuse you. Let, let no one uh, deceive you in any way. Don't, don't be alarmed about this. The day of the Lord has not come. He goes on to say in verse 3, let no one deceive you in any way that that day referring to the day of the Lord, will not come unless rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction, who is the Antichrist. Okay, So we see in this timeline, we see that the Antichrist will become before the day of the Lord. 
Now, at the same time, we see in a number of places in Scripture where the day of the Lord is near. And this is, this is important for us uh, to realize as we, uh, as we understand what the day of the Lord represents, what it means, its actual coming, and so that we can actually be aware when it does arrive. So let's turn over to some Old Testament passages and we'll talk about the nearness of the day of the Lord. So over in Ezekiel chapter 30, if you turn your Bible over to Ezekiel chapter 30, you will find Ezekiel prophesying about the day of the Lord. Now, in chapter 30, verse 3, let's start in verse 1. It's always kind of good to give the context. It says, uh, For the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Wail, alas, for the day. For the day is near, the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. So this is, this is important uh, to realize because in the context of Ezekiel, God is telling the people of Israel through Ezekiel that the day of the Lord is near, meaning it's close at hand. It also, this passage, uh, says that it's a day of gloom or doom for the nations. And that's also important. We're going to come back to that and look at that in a few minutes because this is important to understand what the day of the Lord actually means. Okay, So over in Joel, so back to the right a little bit, Joel is a, a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And it's usually those pages in your Bible that stick together because we don't necessarily go there that often. Uh, so Joel chapter 1 and verse 15. Again, this is Joel the prophet prophesying to the people of God that they needed to uh, come and be ready. So it says, alas, for the day, this is Joel 1, 15, it says, for the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty, it comes. So we're already getting these hints here that this is a big day. This is something that's very important in the history of Israel, but also in the context of Christ and what God is doing in the world. So let's, let's look over to one other passage in Zephaniah. So a few more pages uh, to the right. Not Zechariah, but Zephaniah. Z-E-P. And this is found in chapter 1 of Zephaniah. And this is a long passage where it is very specific about what's happening for the day of the Lord. So we're going to read from verses 7 on through to 14 and just unpack these seven or eight verses here uh, and about how the day of the Lord is near. Okay, It says, uh, verse 7, Zephaniah chapter 1, Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. And the Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. 
And on that day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons, all who array themselves in foreign attire. On that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, O inhabitants of the mortar. For all the traders are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At a time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. Verse 14. The day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty men cry aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blasts and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. So here's, here's what's important this next verse. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out like the dust and their flesh like dung. This sounds pretty bad. <laughs> It is. It is very bad. This day of the Lord that is near, and as it says here, is hastening fast. Okay, so there's this concept in the scriptures where the day of the Lord is near, and it's coming very quickly. And in the context of an eternal God, an infinite God, where uh, one day is as a thousand years, we see this sense here that this day that Christ is coming back is hastening very quickly. And we are told that this day is very specific. It's, it's not a day to actually want to have happen uh, for the world because it's a day of distress and anguish and ruin, devastation, darkness, gloom, uh, and trumpet blasts and all of these things that are going to be happening in that day. But what we see here is that this day of the Lord is near. And if it was near in the time of the prophets, it's even more near and hastening even faster today. So here's the second thing about this day, is that this day, the day of the Lord, will come suddenly and unexpectedly upon the world. Now we see this over in 1 Thessalonians and again in 2 Peter. So let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament. As we're uh, looking at the writings of Paul, as Paul is teaching. So he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and this is the whole section here where Paul is giving uh, this um, address about the coming of the Lord and the day of the Lord. Okay, let me just pause for a minute because we've got a question. 
So the question says, on the day of the Lord, are the Christians protected as the followers as the followers of the Antichrist are punished? Aha, this is a good question. This is a great question. So I would answer that question and say, yes. Now, we, we're going to cover that a little bit more in detail as we go along this morning um, and, and just talk about what God actually has in store for the believers during this time. Now, there's a number of um, different scholars out there that, that talk about how uh, in this day, the day of the Lord, when he's pouring out punishment on the earth, uh, how he's going to keep his people. Um, will they... And, and you know, I'll just kind of throw this out here because this is kind of where I think, you know, we if we were to kind of imagine the day of the Lord coming, you know, where Christ is coming down and the church is being gathered to him and they kind of tuck in behind who Jesus is as the judge and then God pours out all of these, the, this distress on on humanity is, is probably a really good picture to see that because God is not pouring out his wrath and his destruction on believers. So that's important to realize that God is keeping us from this day. And without saying too much more about all the things we're going to talk about, he's going to keep us from this day. So it's a great question. And you're leading right into all the stuff we're going to be talking about. So the day of the Lord, it comes suddenly and unexpectedly upon the world. So over in and I hope that answers your question, Linda. What uh, we will be unpacking it a little bit more as we go along. So, uh, chapter five, First Thessalonians says, "Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to anything written to you." They already knew this information. Verse two: For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So. Here, here we see uh, Paul telling the believers that this is going to come like a thief. Well, a thief that's coming in the night is coming uh, very suddenly and uh, unexpectedly. If you knew that a thief was coming, it wouldn't be a thief. Would it? it would be a guest. It would be someone. It would be a friend. But this is not exactly uh, how we see this in Scripture. This, this event, this day of the Lord is coming, and it's coming closer than we once thought it's nearer and it's faster approaching and when it comes it's going to come suddenly to this unexpected world now he goes on in verse 3 to actually tell us some more things while so this is going to come suddenly like a thief uh, unexpectedly while the world is saying there is peace and security and then sudden destruction comes upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape so here we see that there there is this sudden thing coming that's very near and it again here in this passage shows us that there's this destruction that's coming now over in second peter peter writes about this too uh, so obviously peter and paul were taught by jesus these things so let's turn over to Peter and uh, have a look at what Peter has to say 
about the day of the Lord. So in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, again, chapter 3 is about the day of the Lord. And let's start reading at uh, verse 1. Okay. This is now... Oh, I'm in 2 Peter. Yep, 2 Peter. Uh, this is now... The second letter that I am writing to you, beloved, in both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets. He's speaking about some of these passages that we're looking at and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days and... come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of the water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. By the same word, the heaven and earth, the heavens and earth are be, that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Okay, so here we we see this picture of this uh, day of the Lord coming, and this I'm going to keep reading because we're going to get specifically to this phrase. It says, "But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that." With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some of you count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Again, we see this phrase that Paul uses it, Peter uses it, uh, Jesus himself uses it in other passages about the end coming like a thief. And uh, we see that this day is coming in a sudden and unexpected way upon the whole earth. And then he goes on to say that when this day comes, then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Here we see, again, pointing to this destructive kind of event. And in this context, it is the earth being burned up. And we see in uh, other places in Scripture, too, well, right specifically here, in verse 7, it says, By the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So this day of the Lord that is coming after the Antichrist is revealed is this time of great judgment on the earth. And this is uh, the next thing we're going to talk about. This day of the Lord is a day of wrath. And wrath is important. So over in uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 13 
And we're going to pick, read a few passages there in verses 6 through 9. So Isaiah 13, another Old Testament passage of Scripture that gives a prophetic insight. And again, these are what the apostles we just read about were referring to. So Isaiah 13, that's where we're going. Isaiah 13 verses 6 to 9 as sort of the main text. Um, yeah, so we, we have again come back to this concept, this, this day of the Lord is near. So verse 6 says, Wail, for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty it will come. Therefore all hands will be feeble, and every human heart will melt. They will be dismayed. Pain and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They who look aghast, aghast at one another, their faces will be aflame. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land desolation, to make the land a desolation, and to destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pomp of the arrogant and lay low the pompous pride of the ruthless. I will make people more rare than fine gold and mankind than the gold of Ophrah. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. So what we see this day of the Lord representing is where God is pouring out his wrath on the world and it it is this day of wrath now wrath is actually god's uh another way to say this is like vengeance we're going to talk about that that's sort of that's the next one it's the day of the lord is a day of, of vengeance um that's number four but wrath and vengeance is where god is just pouring out all of his judgment on the brokenness of sinful humanity and he is, uh, as it says right here, uh, punish the world for its evil. And it's important for us to realize as Christians, uh, we're not in this place of God pouring out his wrath on us. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the, our penalty that Christ paid on the cross is protecting us from God's wrath. And God is not coming against us. So this is not, these passages are not speaking to the believer. They are very much speaking to the evil that's in the world, the, the proud in the world, uh, the arrogant of the world, the evil, the wicked of the world that are not following God. So the fourth, the fourth thing about the day of the Lord is that it is a day of vengeance. So let's turn over to Jeremiah 46, as we continue this theme of wrath and vengeance about the judgment that's coming from God. So Jeremiah 46, verse 10. 46, verse 10. 
just a few pages to your right. So, in chapter 46, again, we see this, this passage of prophecy about judgment uh, coming. And in verse uh, 10, it says, The day of the Lord God of hosts... Sorry, let me read that again. That day is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance. To avenge himself on his foes, the sword shall devour and be sated, sated and drink its fill of their blood. For the Lord God of hosts holds a sacrifice in the north country by the river Ephraim. So here, here we see this judgment that's coming, and that's this whole context of uh, verse or chapter 46. And it's a day of vengeance where God is avenging himself on his foes. Now, who are his foes? Those are in rebellion to him. So part of what this, what this includes, too, is God avenging himself even on the angelic beings. And this is important, too, as we look to Revelation. And, and, and we're going to go back into the New Testament and see some of the things that actually happen to the foes, those that are against who uh, God is and what God represents in this day of the Lord. So, fifth one is this. The day of the Lord is a day for the nations. Now, this is important for us to realize because we see this distinction between God's people and the world, the nations of the world. So, over in Ezekiel, so Ezekiel is over to your right a few pages. Ezekiel chapter 30. Ezekiel 30 and verse 3 specifically. So we'll take a, a, a little gander at the, the whole, not the whole chapter, but uh, again, uh, we've already touched on this. It, it says, For the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Wail, alas, for the day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord is a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. So, as we read down further in verse 4, it says, A sword shall come upon Egypt, and anguish shall be in Kirsch. When the slain fall in Egypt, and her wealth is carried away, and her foundations are torn down. And then, it starts to list all these other nations. Uh, Kirsch, Put, Lud, Arabia, Libya, and the people of the land that are in Lee, meaning people that are in sort of cahoots with, uh, with them, and they shall fall by the sword. So we see that this is a time of judgment that's coming on the nations, this day of the Lord. Now, over in Obadiah, again, it's another uh, minor prophet in the Old Testament, and uh, it is only one chapter long, so your pages of your Bible usually really stick together in those places. So, Obadiah 1.15 says, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. 
Now, this is a very important principle that's here. Uh, God gives to people what they deserve. That's who he is. And uh, if you've done wickedly, it's going to be done to you. If you are in this place where your deeds that you've been living towards the world have been wicked, it's going to be returned on your own head. And that's against the nations of this world, the corruption that is in our world, the brokenness that's in our world, those who are following uh, their own time schedule and not following and surrendering to the leadership and lordship of Jesus Christ. So this day of the Lord is for the nations. Now, how do we know when this day of the Lord is actually coming? Well, there's a few things in scripture that actually tell us uh, where this sort of fits in, in the bigger picture. We've already talked about it being a day of the Lord that comes after the, uh, the actual re revealing of the Antichrist. But it also comes after uh, signs in the heavens. And so uh, the day of the Lord comes after signs in the heavens. And that's number six. And so we can look at this in a couple of places. They refer to the same place. Let's just go over to Acts chapter 2. And uh, we will see in Acts chapter 2, uh, as we read through the prophet, as Peter recounts the prophet Joel's prophecy in the Old Testament about the day of the Lord. And uh, it, we, we see in Joel uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 31, this, this day of the Lord uh, coming. And then uh, Peter picks up on this as he's talking about the Pentecost. And it's important for us to see this too, as we sort of start to see this timeline as we've been looking at the Antichrist, as we've been looking at the return of Christ. And it just says this in verse 16, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Okay, so that's Pentecost. That's what's happening right there. David, or sorry, uh, Peter was saying, this is what's happening here on the day of Pentecost with uh, flaming tongues appearing on our uh, flames of fire appearing on the heads of people. So then he says, then Joel goes on to prophesy this, but he continues this. And, and so it's like, okay, so this has happened. Then this is going to happen. Verse 19, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before. So this is before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is really important because we see here a number of things in the sequence of events. So we've been talking about how the Antichrist is going to come before the day of the Lord comes. Now we see that there's going to be signs in the heavens before the day of the Lord comes. And so how do we know we're going to actually be kept by it? As we read right here, because this is the context of this day of the Lord in this prophecy in Joel. And Peter is saying, he's telling them, 
hey, this is how you're going to be saved from this day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So those of us that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from all of these signs of blood and fire and vapor, smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before this day of the Lord coming. Now, how long before? I have no idea. And in fact, the scriptures don't give a real clear indication of what that time frame is, but we know it's going to happen before. So have we seen uh, signs in the heavens yet? Well, no, we haven't seen. So we know for sure that this day of the Lord has not come, but yet we also know that it's near and it's approaching faster. It's a day of vengeance. It's a day of judgment. It's a day of wrath. It's going to be poured in on the earth. And before it happens, we're going to see these signs. Now, here's the last thing about the day of the Lord. And this should take great comfort to those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ. And this is uh, number seven. It, and, oh, we missed number six. Number six is not on your screen. Number six is uh, the day of the Lord will come after signs in the heavens. Acts chapter two, verse 20. Number seven is the day of the Lord will not surprise Christians. And this, I think, is one of the most encouraging things that we can see in the scriptures. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be uh, concerned that we're going to miss out on this because as we've been talking about the Antichrist and all of these things, how the Antichrist is revealed, we're going to have both eyes wide open and see this as opposed to the rest of the world. The rest of the world is not going to see this coming. The rest of the world is going to be taken like a thief. It's going to come suddenly and unexpectedly in this time where they think peace and safety, peace and safety, it's all going to be great. It's all, it's all okay. And then all of a sudden, bang. So let's go look over to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 4, where we see uh, Paul telling us this. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4. And uh, this, is, this is Paul teaching the church, teaching us as we read these things, that uh, there will be while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Verse 4. Circle this, underline it. I've got it underlined, highlighted in my Bible. But you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of hope for salvation. For God, this is so great, this is, really getting down to the nitty-gritty. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. 
And then it says this, therefore, because of what I've just said, because we're not going to be surprised by this, because we're going to have both eyes wide open, we're going to be wide awake, we're going to see this coming, encourage one another with these words. These things are not going to catch us by surprise. We don't have to be fearful of these things because it actually says here in verse 9, for God has not destined us to this wrath of the day of the Lord that is being poured out on the nations. And we need to encourage one another with this. And now we may see the signs and we need to encourage one another and say, it's near. Hey, you see this sign? You see this sign? You see the sign of the coming of the Antichrist? You see how he's being revealed? Do you see these signs in the heavens? Do you see what God is doing? Do you see the world screaming, peace and safety, peace and safety? Well, if that's what's happening in the world, know that the day of the Lord is near. And here we are in a historical time period where we start to see these pieces all falling into place, where the Antichrist stage is being set. Yes, we have not seen uh, signs in the heavens, but that would be a sign that you wouldn't miss. And just think of that day, it's like, whoa, we don't need to fear because God is keeping us from that. But at the same time, we know that it's coming. And if we build each other up with this and encourage each other and say, yes, we see the signs. We see the things that are happening around us. But God is not destined to us to this wrath that is coming on the day of the Lord. And we are of the day. And we are not surprised by this. But we are well aware that it's happening. You know, this is the amazing truth that is in God's word where he tells us beforehand the things that are about to happen. And he's done this all along. He, he did it to Moses. He did it to Lot. He's done it to David. He's done it to the prophets. He's done it to the children of Israel. When they went into captivity and to Egypt when they were... Uh, released from Egypt and in Babylon that God was going to restore and the coming of the Messiah. He's been telling us ahead of time that all of these things will come to pass. And again, this day of the Lord, he's telling us there's a day coming and it will be a day of great wrath and it is near where he will judge the world and judge the nations, those that are evil, those that are full of pride, that are going against the things of God. But for the believer, it's not going to surprise us. We don't need to be afraid of these things because God has not destined us to this wrath. Amen. Thank you, Linda. Linda has comment. God clusters us in the palm of his hands for protection. Amen and amen. And, uh, how exactly, specifically, that will play out, we're not 100% sure, the tiny details, but we trust him and we believe in him. And if you've never accepted the message of Jesus and believed that Jesus Christ paid the price for you, for your brokenness, for your sin, for your separation from God, for you being human when God is divine, today would be a great day. 
to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I confess my sins. Would you protect me from this day of wrath? Because know for sure that day is coming. And God doesn't want, as we read, doesn't want any to perish. He wants people to be saved. And there's an urgency for us because the time is nearer than we first believed. The time is closer now than it has ever been in the history of the world to these things taking place. And our deliverance is coming. Christ is coming back. And with that, he will right all the wrongs and he will protect his people and fight for his people in that day. So there's the big picture of the day of the Lord. Hopefully this has been encouraging to you. Hopefully uh, you can start to watch uh, in the world and see these things start to come to pass and be encouraged uh, by encouraging one another to to know that God is, this is not going to overtake us by surprise, but that we should see these things. At the same time, the world is not going to see these things uh, in everything that's going on. Good to be together today. Hope you've been encouraged. Let me pray for you before I go. And if you've got any questions, just throw them up on the screen. And after I'm done praying, we'll uh, try and answer them. And if you have no questions, well, that's okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for you telling us ahead of time that these are the signs, these are the things that we need to be aware of. So God, I pray that you would keep people from that day. Lord, that people would turn to you, that they would, as uh, Joel prophesied, that Peter reminded us and preached to those that heard on the day of Pentecost, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved from this day of the Lord. So God, I pray today for all of us that we would not be uh, lulled into a sleep, but that we would be wide awake and that we would be watching as to not have this day come as a surprise. But Lord, we declare today that we are children of the day and not children of the night. And so, Lord, may we stand firm in the truth of your word, knowing that you uh, have got this and that you're working all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And that through the blood of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, you have not destined the believer to wrath. So God, we thank you for your plan. We thank you, God, that you're going to right all the wrongs. You're going to bring justice and goodness into this world. So Lord, I pray for those who haven't come to know you, that they would, that they would embrace and believe in Jesus. And we pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. Share this with your friends if you've found it beneficial. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to be in person soon and that some of these lockdowns and restrictions will be lifted. God bless. See you at another time, maybe next week, maybe in the grocery store. Who knows? God bless.
We hope you've enjoyed Coffee and Conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this program, please visit pinewoodschapel.com give. See you next time.